Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day everybody. Today I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing all-round good guy Jamie Paros from the Endgame Network. Jamie and Michael Fennick have given so much to the Australian and international Amazon seller community so it's awesome to have Jamie on the show today. Today, we discuss how Jamie and Michael approach product differentiation or unique selling propositions, mindset, the logistical nightmare we've all been experiencing, new launching tactics now that search, find, buy, and rebates are against terms of service, and how to save thousands optimizing your MasterCard and pallets. Not sexy, but super important. So more on that in a second. Regina Petabersky and I are holding on the weekend of the 18th, 19th, and 20th of March this year, 2022, an event called the Amazon Collective. So the conference will be held off-site in the beautiful Yarra Valley, just outside of Melbourne. It's strictly for six, seven, and even eight-figure Amazon business owners based here in Australia and New Zealand, and it's not for newbies or beginners. So a big thank you for your support, and also to our amazing sponsors, Zonguru, FBA Prep Australia, Avask, Diamond Bateman, Elevate Brands, and lastly, Payoneer. So for more information, please head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash collective. Uh, and you can register your interest in that event. Now, don't forget to join my Facebook group. So that's over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook. And I'm still offering private coaching. So just head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Chris. So you can book an hour session there. And lastly, if you own or work for a consumer products brand and need help setting up or running your Amazon business, please feel free to get in touch with me. I have a new agency, amosphere.com.au, which is an official Amazon service provider. So just reach out to me over at chris at christhomas.com.au. All right, let's get on with today's show with Jamie Paros from the Endgame Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast. Today, I'm totally thrilled to welcome Jamie Paros to the microphone, to the, to the show today. Jamie, how are you, mate? Yeah, really good, Chris. Thanks for having me on. It's um, I feel like we're always doing these interviews ourselves, and so to be on the other end is always a bit strange for me and probably for you as well. <laughs> but no, thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, no worries. I've, I've done a handful. I think we were actually interviewed on Danny McMillan's show a year or two ago, weren't we? In the middle of the That's night. Right, yeah. Yeah, talking yeah. I still find it I still find it funny getting interviewed after I've interviewed so many people, but it's just the way it is, mate. Well, Jamie, you've got the Endgame podcast, Endgame Network going. You've got the Dig to Win podcast. You've got Ship Savvy. Uh, what else have you got going on? You're an Amazon seller yourself, mate. There's a lot happening this year. Um, I guess uh, it's been really cool to to be involved in the Amazon community here in Australia, and obviously New Zealand and Australasia, if you want to call it that. Um, mm. We're, we're pretty privileged to be able to have a, a handful of people that um, wanted to come along for the journey with our Endgame Access program. Mm-hmm. It's just a mastermind that we put together, Michael and I, from the, the network, and that keeps us on our toes. Um, it's a really, really awesome group. There's about, I think this year we've got about 190 people in that mastermind, which is pretty cool. That's sensational. Um, well done. Yeah, and it's a really supportive group, and we've – Actually, over the last two years, we've had to cancel four events, obviously, because of the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. But um, 
fingers crossed for this year. We're calling it the year of the events, and hopefully we can get together. And and obviously you you and Regina are doing some stuff to as well. So yeah, we yeah. just really um want to get together with people in the room again, and you know what that's like, and and where those sort of connections can lead to. So absolutely, that's keeping us on our toes. We're lucky. Our other halves, our better halves, are, are helping us with all the event planning and that. And my wife, Beck, she's done a lot of that. So um, fingers crossed this year, mate, that we can do that. But that's keeping us busy. Obviously, the Amazon business as well, the tech that we built over the last couple of years has been, you know, that's been taxing on my time and energy. But it's yeah. it's, it's all for a good thing. But, um, yeah, mate, there's a lot happening. Yeah, well, look, I've got this meetup group here in Melbourne. I think there's like about 800 people that have joined it. And I haven't had an event in about 18 months or maybe even almost two years with COVID. Yeah. Um, Regina and I had to cancel our event last year around yeah. August. So we've uh, we've got that rescheduled for March. Um, you've yeah. got your event coming up, I think, in sort of middle of March, somewhere around there. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, in yeah. Sydney. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So yeah. That, all those things keep us busy, mate. But um, <laughs> sure do. It's, it's a full-time gig for us now, which is – you know, I'm pretty blessed that we can do this full time and yeah, um, you know, just help people and all that sort of stuff. And it's it's been it's been a really good uh, it's, um, it's transition a- for me after getting out of my truck and all that sort of stuff, which we can talk about. But um, yeah, yeah, never thought I'd end up doing stuff like this, but it's been pretty cool. <laughs> you want something done? You ask the busiest person, don't you? So <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Something like that. Um, no, that's good, mate. Well, speaking of getting started on Amazon, it sounds like yeah. You've got a bit of a backstory there. Why don't we dig into that and talk to me about, or talk to the, you know, to everybody that's listening today? How did you yeah. get started, and what was the trigger point? What was the moment that you went right? That's it. I'm doing it. Yeah, mate. Look, I think you know, for for I guess for a lot of people that get into this business, um, you get you you see ads, you see bits and pieces of that um, laptop lifestyle, if you want to call it. You know, <laughs> yep. And and you know, it gets a lot of people's always going, oh, that, that'd be really good for a side hustle and making money on the side. But as we all know, as we get deeper into this business, it's a full-time gig and it's a mm. it's a full-time effort if you're going to be successful on Amazon. There's, there's I think, people having this sugar-coated um, outlook mm. of being an Amazon e-com seller, like you just have everything ticking away in the background. I think once you really get into the nuts and bolts, as you know, that takes a lot of your time and energy. So, but... Still, I think that there is opportunity to be flexible in your life and I think it brings a good lifestyle, especially if you're successful, that you can, it, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of work to be done, but you can have your life move around it, which is which is pretty cool. And, mm. and sometimes when you're in the grind, into nine to five, you know, like that doesn't allow that to happen in your life. But um, I was in family logistics business for mm-hmm. about 22 years, trucks, concrete trucks, chemical trucks, semis, had employees, um, had big contracts with um, some big logistics companies here in Melbourne, mm. carting containers, isotainers with chemicals, some of the worst chemicals you could ever imagine in the world. I was, you know, had dangerous goods licenses and wow. real, real bad stuff. It was pretty full on. And mm. my day was pretty much a 14 to 16 hour day with a commute from Kilmore out in the rural Victoria area into Melbourne every day and then back. Yeah. And also driving around for the whole day. So, we had four kids, Beck and I, and mm-hmm. uh, we have four kids, Beck and I, and mm-hmm. um, just with even working Saturdays, I was in the business, um, yep. like full on, like yep. my trucks, employees, whatever at the time, just never home, never saw the kids. And Beck said, look, there's got to be something else we can do here to slowly 
transition because how are you going to do this for the rest of your life? You know, you're, not, you're going to miss every every kid's life, uh, every kid's yeah, birthday and achievements and, and school yeah, and events. sport and yes. all that sort of stuff. So we, we, we stumbled across Amazon and Beck started dabbling at it and mm. we did a course like everyone does and, and, and you know, we got pretty good at it. We we introduced to another fella and um, he's still our business partner mm-hmm. and um, we did reason, reasonably well in the beginning and then we had some really big success. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're doing over seven figures a year in the business. Um, Jesus. Which... Which is being pegged back a little bit now, which is another story with Chinese and competitors and price points and all that mm-hmm. stuff that we, we, we do. And we've been doing it since 2017. So we've seen a lot of the business change over that time mm. and the landscape mm. in Amazon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how we got involved. And then, um, yeah, had some reasonable success. Uh, yeah. That I, sums I it up. I think. That yeah, <laughs> sort of sums it up. And yeah. Um, yeah, we'll just. Uh, I actually had a car accident in 2019, which I'm still waiting for surgery on. I've got to have all this stuff done to my pelvis and my hips. Ouch. So I've been in a bit of a bad way for a couple of years. And, um, yeah, that's I think that's a six-month process to, to get better with that. I've got to have a right side done, pelvic fusion, and then another side done once I recover. So oh. it was sort of like the universe saying to me, hey, you got to get out of the truck because after I had my car accident, I couldn't work. And, um Right. I, I haven't been able to do it for a, for a long time now, and so mm-hmm. um, it was like the universe said, "Hey, mate, your time is done. Yep, you got to go over here and explore these things." And so these opportunities, um, yeah. Ship savvy, the tech we built was probably halfway through, even when I was still working. I was doing all this stuff while I was still working. I was like, it was insane. Yeah, I was still doing those fourteen hour days, the Amazon business with Beck and our business partner, building the tech. Yes, um, all that while I was still working. So it was, um, I think enough was enough. And someone just said, hey, you know what? We're going to put you in a car crash and, yes. and get you out of there. <laughs> Funny how some things work, but anyway. It is. Yeah. Um, sorry to hear that, man. No, that's all good. Yeah. It's all good. That doesn't sound yeah. great. Uh, I've had my fair share of car prangs as well. I've yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, had a few stitches and a few broken things. Oh, you know, youth. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. All that stuff. Anyway, so you've been selling for what, about three or four years now. What categories are you selling in? So we're in the beauty niche, mm-hmm. the good old beauty niche. And, um, yeah, I guess going back to what I said earlier, um, we've seen the, the landscape change a lot where we were in with 45 to even 48% margins with some of our products. Wow. And they've been pegged back to nearly 20% now. So mm-hmm. we've had to really assess what we're going to be doing with, with that. And we've got also another brand that we're potentially going to be starting this year, just time permitted now. Um, yep. And how much energy we can do, but Beck's ready to go on another brand that we've always had, yep. and reinvigorate that. So that's that's a real possibility. And even Michael and myself have always dabbled in the idea of let's do a, let's do an Amazon business together. So yeah, it's all been about time now, mm-hmm. um, and and how much time is that new brand? Is that is that still in uh, beauty as well, or is it um, a, a totally uh, different category? Uh, yeah, it will probably be. Uh, I'll say homewares, but not homewares, mm. like just the general sort of homeware stuff. But I yeah. don't want to say homewares because it's really difficult to sell in homewares, but <laughs> things on the fringe, the the fringe products of homewares. Yeah, fair enough. Um, um, that sounds super exciting. Yeah. So, Michael, how did you and Michael Fennec meet? Like what was the... So we met through some networking yeah. um, events mm-hmm. and um, I Michael had been friends with... Um, me for a while before we even started talking end game network stuff and all that sort of thing he was probably 
six or seven years down the journey as far as entrepreneurial stuff. He was right. massive in tech. Him and his brother have built some of the biggest tech in Australian voice media. Um, right. And he's raised hundreds of millions of dollars around the world and had some of the biggest venture capitalists in America invest in their business. So wow. I was always leaning on him yeah. for advice with ship savvy and tech and mm. development because mm-hmm. he's – his whole world has been around development and technology, yep. um, especially with what he's done. This is totally away from Amazon. Like he's got an amazing Amazon business, but he had 700 SKUs drop shipping on, you know, Google Shopping and he's done a lot of different e-com stuff. But the tech side of things mm-hmm. is what kept us in contact. And I, I was a truck driver. I didn't even know where to start with building a piece of software. No. Um, my business partner in that, he, he dabbled in it a little, but we really needed some advice on what sort of development we'd need and, yeah. and the criteria of people that, to look for to build this thing. Mm-hmm. So Michael was my go-to person and my mentor as far as that. Yeah. And then he started Amazon and then leaned on me for a little bit of, you know, oh, well, how do you do this and how do you do that? And so we sort of helped each other. Yeah. But um, I remember the day that Chris, um, my business partner in Ship Savvy and I, mm. we actually said, if we're going to pull the trigger on this, we need to pitch it to someone and maybe Michael's the person to pitch it to. Like he's pitched his company to so many family offices and investors and all that sort of stuff around the world. Yeah. We really value his his thought on this on this tech, you know, as, a, as an MVP, so, so to call it, you know, minimum viable product, what he thought. Yeah. And um, so we both flew to Sydney to his office and pitched him the idea of the tech and um, he said, look, mate, don't come up here unless you're solving a big problem because if you're not solving a problem, yeah. you're just going to be wasting your time. Yep. Um, so we flew up, we gave him a bit of a, a, a spiel on the, on the thing and mm-hmm. I guess the rest is history and we've been live now with that tech for about four weeks and, yeah, well over 100 users already, so that's pretty cool for us and um, that's yeah, awesome. well onto the way of, of, of making an impact for some people in supply chain, which we can talk about. Yeah, well, actually, I uh, signed up for Ship Savvy um, this week. So I've, yeah. I've got a container, I think we talked off air, but I've got a container, me and my brother have got a container going to the US and I wanted to um, give the 3PL a pallet stacking plan. And um, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Like the 3D renders, yeah. oh, anyway, it's a really beautiful piece of software. So uh, yeah, if you want to max it, anyway, I'll let you do the pitch of yeah, <laughs> cool. later. Uh, no, that's cool. <laughs> Yeah. So talk to me about mindset because there's mindset, which is really big with you and Michael with, um, oh, you know, yeah, with Endgame. And then, of course, yeah. product differentiation as well is something else I want to explore because you guys are really, really clever and, and good at that. And I want to understand or if you could share like some of the tactics or the sort of the, the ways that you differentiate your products um, to, yeah. to really stand out from the competition. Do you want to talk about that? Okay. Well, for the mindset stuff, it's really important. I think we've done a lot of work on ourselves over the years and mm-hmm. and Michael especially. Um, I reckon for the last four or five years, I went through a, a big, you know, personal growth development phase, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. where I just um, was going from that. I don't, I don't think that, you know, um, for myself, going from being a truck driver full-time in that realm, mm-hmm. in that industry, to switch gears entrepreneurially into e-com, tech, mm. online business. It, it's sort of like it's two separate lives. If you, I don't totally. know, it's hard to explain. No, it is. It's chalk and cheese. It's chalk and cheese. And I've really had to work on myself a lot and how to do that. Even the first six months after my accident at home, like 
I was going nuts because I was just working every day and now I'm at home thinking of ways to, mm. to what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So I went through this whole mm. who am I sort of phase, you know what I mean? And um, just a lot of realisations on what's possible and, and, and all that sort of personal growth stuff. So mm. when we did create um, our, our program that people can be part of with our mastermind, um, we've got um, gold medalist in our, in our, in our mentor group. Yes. Um, Natalie Cook, who who pushes everyone uh, mentally that way. Mm-hmm. We've also got Genevieve Davis, who is a is a mindset best selling author from the UK. So even though it's an Amazon vibe, you know we've got legals, we've got Stephen Black on board from the state um, from the states who who does all the marketing sort of stuff for us in our group. We've yep. got um, Heath Thompson, who does a lot of the PPC, mm. Michael and myself. We've got a lot of Amazon intensive workshops that we do weekly mm. with our group, but we really wanted to have a holistic approach because we knew how important mindset is. And mm. having the privilege of talking to so many different people over the years and, and having like over 190 people in our group, mm. you'd see all the different human traits and characters mm-hmm. and, you, and you would be the same with the coaching you've done over time. Mm. Someone's problem could be absolutely minute for somebody, but for mm-hmm. someone else it could be a deal breaker. And right. It's just like it's just going to wreck you. Yeah, um, and and it can really affect people differently. And then something that's really really big um, doesn't affect others. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And we started to see that you know these human patterns that we were dealing with all these people that you know we'd have to navigate. And if we're going to help a broad range of people, we have to be able to deal with that person who's very sensitive, and also deal with that person who is an eight-figure seller who's just looking to go, 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 yep. never stop, you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a real fine line of being able to deal with people like that. And I think that's where our strength is, Michael and I. We can we can read people well. Yes. And we can, and we we do really enjoy helping people and we have time. Some people say, I don't know how you have the time for it, but mm. I can sit down with someone who's struggling and actually sit down and talk to them and help them. I, I enjoy that sort of thing. Mm. That's the type of person Same. I am. So mm. my mindset... Um, really came as a natural progression and we talk about it all the time as far as the USP you dropped you, you talked about that mm. so unique selling proposition you would you would have seen I think in the last two or three years the Amazon movements changed it's gone from a very data driven decision mm. and throwing products up to now building brands products and I guess um, your customer base and knowing your avatar and knowing who you're selling to mm. and building meaningful products that actually have unique selling proposition are the way mm. is the way of the future of Amazon. I think if you're going to survive as the, I always do the quote unquote mum and dad seller yeah. against these big aggregators and establishments who have got big dollars. Yeah. I always use this analogy, Chris, you go to a pub and you always see cover bands absolutely ripping <laughs> Like when I mean ripping, really playing the hits well, mm. like people's other songs. They're, they're really they're really great musos, and they're they're talented, and they're in the pub, and they're getting their couple hundred bucks each there, and they're on stage, and they're playing that really awesome Rolling Stone song or that really awesome U two song, down to the T. It sounds exact, mm. but they couldn't create it. No. So this this tipping point of where you are creatively. With USP mm. is I use it as that rock star mentality. There's so many talented musos. There's so many talented Amazon sellers, and there's probably talented people out there with data, 
mm-hmm. business savvy, all that sort of stuff. But where the win, where the winners I've seen, and I've seen lots and lots and lots and hundreds of ASINs and people's businesses, mm. is where they get that creativity. And I'm not talking about reinventing the wheel here with products. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about what have they offered on page one, what everyone else and all the competitors have missed. Yeah. How have they enhanced the product to to a point where, you know, we did this example last year, there was a portable rain barrel, just a portable rain barrel for a backyard that catches rain. Right. The inlet was too small. There was nothing to see what the gauge was, of mm. the water level gauge was. The fittings were plastic. There was no branding. The colours were terrible. Yeah. So we did this presentation into our group where we created a brand. We got 3D renders. We did the whole lot. We did a whole business presentation of, what we would do into that niche. So all of a sudden, we've got this nice eucalypt color. You go outside, the first thing you see is, I don't know how much water's in my tank. Mm. So we had a rain gauge put on it, mm-hmm. like a, a water level gauge. Yeah. We had brass fittings instead of plastic. The inlet, you could see that a downpipe coming from a house would not fit in there, so we made a big one. <laughs> Just little things that would enhance a product. You go outside and you could actually see that that would be a better quality product. Now, then the skill is being commercial to be able to bring that to the market mm. at a reasonable price point so you're not pricing yourself out of that market and then you'll dominate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So from the branding to the look of the the functionality, the quality of, of the of the parts, all the things that people missed, we we could put we could confidently put our 3D render up there on page one against all these other rain barrels and we'd win the niche. hundred percent. Yeah. So it's not when people say USP, they they sometimes think molds, new mm. products, new designs, new colors, concepts, yeah, and I've got to patterns. come up with something totally different. It's not that. It's have a look at a niche, see what everyone's missed. How can you make that better? Because humans are selfish. When they purchase something online, mm. it's always about me. How will this product help me? How right. will this product enhance or make my life easier? They don't care about anyone else. Mm. When you're looking on Amazon or when you're looking on eBay, you're looking to swipe the credit card for yourself. Yeah, that's right. But so, if you can get into that psychology of that buyer's mind in that niche yeah. and make that decision and that USP appeal to the whole market, that's probably one of the most important factors because yeah. you could enhance a product in a niche and it only appeals to a little bit of the market. Yeah. But if you can enhance a product with USP and appeal to the whole niche, mm-hmm. then we're talking a whole different kettle whole of fish. Yep. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. the uh, so you know look, when when I had uh, when I first launched on Amazon back in 2014, 15, and I had a sleep yep. mask that blocked some sound. So I had these. Um, that was my oh, right. Hibernate brand. And so yeah, when when that product hit the market, people were just you know there was night shift workers. No one has ever marketed to a night shift worker. Like, period. I remember ringing some local radio stations here in Melbourne because I used to work night shift, which was the reason why I created this product because I was trying to sleep sleep during the day, right? And and it's noisy during the day. The phone rings and there's people at the front door and, and, you know, I don't know, just birds and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so I created this sleep mask that blocked a bit of sound and had, you know, obviously blocked the light as well. And, and, um, yeah, that was – that as soon as that hit Amazon, it just went absolutely bonkers. And uh, yeah, wow. But yeah, just back on the radio stations, I was ringing radio stations, saying, you know, what? How much would it cost to run? I don't know, ten ads per night for a couple of weeks, and they're like, oh, 
probably about 20 bucks a night for 10 ads. It was like $2 a spot. You know? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm marketing exactly to the people that are awake at, you know, 4 a.m. who probably yeah. need to need my product when they wake, you know, when they're trying to go to bed. How good is that? So, yeah, it was, it was interesting um, times. But, yeah, USP, I'm a huge believer in that as well. And it's just so important yeah. to solve problems, isn't it? And that's what, that's what we do. I think moving forward, that's how people will – I think the days have gone of like – just get that product, throw it on and try and rank, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and and some of these software tools, and this is nothing against software tools because we all use them, mm. but people need to understand that what something is like a like a like an alpha racing in a niche, you're never going to be able to get that same rank mm. as that product. You just won't be able to achieve that. That's five, six years of, yeah. you know, entrenchment in the system. Yeah. Um, reviews. And you can't compare apples to apples how you're going to come into the play. You've got to understand where you're going to fit That's in right. the niche. Yeah. 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 Super important. Yeah. Um, let's talk about launching a product then. So we've done yep. the USP stuff. Oh, by the way, I also use a lot of, I, I look at people's reviews. You know, one of this new product yeah, that me and my brother are doing at the moment. Yeah. You know, we sort of looked at all the reviews, found out where all the pain points were. Um, and have massively improved on that. So it's a very similar thing, I guess, to what you've done, what you yeah, were looking to very do. Very pivotal to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's a no. It's an absolute no-brainer. Do you guys use PickFu mm-hmm. at all to sort of validate ideas that we you do. might? Yeah, good. We do. Yeah, we use PickFu actually outside of Amazon as well for a few things that we do. <laughs> Is that yeah, for the just for images and, and testing and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, it's cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's such an awesome yeah. tool. I'm a huge, huge fan. I've got to get them back on the show. So we've got our, we've done our USP. We've got our product developed. And it's looking really good. We've got to launch this thing. What are your strategies now that search fine buy rebates? All that stuff has basically been been banned by Amazon, which is really disappointing because it used to yeah, work yeah. an absolute treat, didn't it? But um, that's yeah. okay. Um, what are you doing these days? Well, if you have a look at the evolution, when you would have started, you could buy reviews. That was the going thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And have a look at the full circle that we've come. We've gone from how many reviews do you want, right? And you just buy them. So then they've canned that and that's all gone. Mm-hmm. And then search, find, buy and giveaways and rebates and all that sort of stuff. And now that looks like that's gone. Yep. It's still a bit grey how they describe that, but mm. it's it's pretty much a no-go zone if you want to call it that. That's um, right. Two step for, for a lot of us. Yeah, two steps and, and search, find, buy. Yeah, it's really any incentivized sort of keyword ranking stuff. Um, that they cotton on to, yeah, could really see you in trouble. So I think it's probably better to err on the side of caution at the moment, don't you? Well, that's right. Now, we always used to use the many chat bots, mm. the search, find, buy, the rebate keys, all this sort of giveaway stuff to, mm. to, to launch mm. and rank. Same. Um, now what I'm finding, and I, I use the example of, of, of people that we're working with at the moment that are launching products yesterday, next week, um, and all great products with USP, mm-hmm. they're really restricted and everyone's really restricted on now. How good is your product? What does that look like? How quick can you get friendly reviews? Mm-hmm. Um, can you just get one or two to 10? You know, 10 would be nice, but, you mm-hmm. know, we don't all know people in the States or wherever you're selling. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, asking for friendly reviews, you know, although that's, you know, mm-hmm. probably everyone everyone would, would ask for a review for someone they know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Doing that, but as far as ranking, we had one. I don't want to call them a student because they're not a student. That's their, they're in our mastermind. That's their own business. They're not students. They're just, I guess, they're in our group. Mm. Um, I don't like calling people students. They're just, I don't members. feel like I'm teaching a member. Yeah, members. Mm. That's, that's mm. the one. Um, 
probably three in the last month or two. Yeah. Um, all went from zero sales mm-hmm. and one chap went up to about 70 sales in the first two weeks. That's- Unbelievable US per day, yeah. per day. Oh, my God. That's yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Like this one fella, he only ordered 680 units and they were gone within six weeks. That's an awesome problem. Beautiful branding. Mm. Like only a couple of reviews too. Yeah. A couple of friendlies. Beautiful branding, unbelievable USP. What a great offer, great price point. Mm. Photography, like Killer. down to the pixel and the every text, like unbelievably structured. Mm-hmm. Took them on the journey in the upper gallery. Bullet points, like real fastidious, every little one percenter mm-hmm. ticked off. Mm-hmm. Went from one sale, four sales, 12, 23, 50. 52, yep. 70 sales a day. Out of stock, gone. That's great. So then there was another lady who did the same. Four sales, 10 sales, 18 sales, mm-hmm. 28. Started getting double digits every day. And I just think back to the branding, the photography, a mm-hmm. couple of friendlies, amazing price point for an amazing offer in USP in the niche. Mm. Made, it, made an offer that they couldn't refuse, if you want to quote the godfather. Yeah, that's right. so like and and i think back to their strategy their strategy was actually just launched no search find buy no rebates no giveaway no discounts just launched got a couple of early friendlies great product yep and just the beast took off so with itself was was there any sort of ppc used as well i've been listening to bradley sutton recently he's had a couple of launch strategies that he's been rolling out involving Exact match PPC and using the the basically instead of search find buy, what he's what he was talking about was um, the first strategy is around using PPC, but at the same time set, setting the price point of the product to say six bucks when it's a thirty dollar product. All right, so no, right. the way that he does that without losing the buy box, you know, if you raise a product too quickly on yeah, Amazon, yeah. you lose a buy box, all that stuff. What he does is he puts in. The sale price, you know, the sale price end date, mm-hmm. start date, end date, all that stuff. Yeah. So if you put in a sale price at say six bucks, um, as soon as the sale's over, it, it actually reverts back, and you still keep the buy box. So he was able to generate the <laughs> the momentum using exact match PPC on the keywords that he wanted to rank for. He knew he needed to rank for. The offer was just too good to refuse. He's sitting at the top of Amazon as a, as a sponsored ad, a sponsored product ad, and yeah, sold like you know hundreds of the bloody things within a week, within five days. Yeah, well, within five days, he was already sort of in the top three, top one, top ten on you know the sort of ten keywords or so that he um you know targeting. that he was targeting in a fairly com- reasonably competitive niche. I think the search volume was around five thousand. Yeah, right. The other tactic that he used too was to use promotions. Social promotions. So if you go into the advertising area and you go down to promotions and you can see the three different types of promotions that Amazon's um, allowing us to use, which is obviously the percentage off. I think it's buy one, get one, and then there's a social promotion. Um, mm-hmm. He submitted to that several times before one of an influencer, an Amazon influencer, I think it was doing Amazon posts yeah, uh, as an affiliate, basically, that's you know, how they a lot of them yeah. work. Yeah, picked up his product. He obviously had a, a coupon code associated with that. I think it was about 50% off, whatever it was. That got picked up and he, he literally sold... I think it was a hundred in one day, you know. So yeah, wow. those sort of velocities and volumes and and stuff can really um, you can really help with the launch. Sorry, I'm interviewing you, no. and I'm suddenly no, no, no. <laughs> just... I, I love having these conversations, mate. This is what my day in, entails: <laughs> just talking to people like you and finding out different strategies and stuff. I haven't actually 
seen that one from Bradley, but I'll, I'll have to check it out. That's interesting. Yeah, I can't remember the episode, but it was it was it was a sort of an update on the Maldives method. So I've, I've, I'm literally religiously oh, yeah. following the Maldives stuff that he's doing at the moment. And um, yeah, right, okay. So you know, and it's it's too good to share, not to share, isn't it? So um, yeah, yeah, that's why we're here. It's interesting, isn't it? Mm. But um, I think people are going to start looking at all these different types of things. Also, external traffic with the yeah. with the rebates that Amazon are now encouraging you to to get into and, and, and reimbursing that 10% or whatever from bringing external traffic. I think that that's going to be a big play. We actually did a podcast yesterday recorded for next week. Yes. And we spoke in, in depth about off Amazon marketing this year. Oh. And I know Stephen, Stephen Black, our mentor in the access group, and you know, everyone knows Stephen Black, but some of the work yeah. that he's doing around that is incredible, incredible off Amazon marketing. And um, yeah, I think that that will be a really big play as well because of these aggregators where they fit now. Mm. If you think about it, I saw this interview. I can't remember who it was on someone on LinkedIn, and they said all the shipping debacle. You've got all these products that may have missed Q4. Yes, sitting out on the water. Mm-hmm. So you've got fifty ships out on the water with all this product, right? Yep. And some of the the product has missed its its target of Q4 and now everybody gets back into stock, right? Yep. What happens there is there's going to be some ASINs and some alpha ASINs that have been out of stock for a long time. Mm-hmm. So how does that look like for re-ranking for some of these big companies with big pockets, right? Yeah. So they've got, all of a sudden they've got these unbelievably ranked products with thousands and thousands of reviews, been out of stock for a couple of months due to the, the, supply the shipping chain. debacle. Yeah. And, and now... If there is some in the same niche in the same pockets of aggregators, if you if you can think about all this product, mm-hmm. there's a few things. One, three PL space and what that looks like for driving up your because three PL costs are going through the roof, yep. right? Yeah. So that's one thing that they're going to have to navigate with their margin. Mm-hmm. The next thing is how they're going to re rank. Well, obviously they're going to be putting a lot of money into PPC. What does that look like for the price per click? Well, all of a sudden you've got these people with deep pockets who have got big expenses, big yeah, cash flow borrowings, mm-hmm. you know, all these things with the aggregators, they've all borrowed millions of dollars and mm-hmm. and to their their investors, they've got to show that these ASINs that they've invested in need to be re-ranked. And so what does that look like? That's massive injection in PPC costs. So yep, yep. I think I think PPC this year, twenty twenty two, is going to be like super, super expensive. Me too. I, I just got this I just got this feeling that it's going to be super expensive. And so I think that off Amazon, that brand awareness, mm-hmm. what does your off Amazon brand look like? Your websites, your landing pages, what does all that sort of stuff look like? Your email lists. Mm. If people have been working on that, because we've all been talking about it for the last couple of years, but it's sort of like, oh, look, I'll just leave it over there because, you know, Amazon PPC is where I go. Yeah. I'll just, I'm just going to stick to Amazon at the moment. Mm-hmm. But if you've been working on that diligently over the last year or two, I think that you're going to be placed in a really, really awesome position. Mm. Some of the things that we've been talking about with Stephen Black with this, you know, um, even he's even buying Facebook groups, you know, in your niche. What? There's, there's, there's Facebook groups for sale. Get every out. Day. I knew. I, oh, hey, I had no you can idea. Pick up Facebook groups. You can pick up Facebook groups for a couple hundred bucks with thousands and thousands of followers. What? That's- oh, yeah, I can't even remember the site. I'll have oh, to have a look and I'll shoot it. See, we'll put it in the show notes or something. Oh, my God. Mate, if, you Google, if you Google Facebook groups for sale, yeah. mate, there's a plethora of sites that are selling them. Each niche, no. Instagram pages for sale within niches. Get out. 50,000 followers. Oh. 
500 bucks. I'm chopping this bit out of the podcast. This is too good. (laughs) (laughs) So there's there's this thing about starting your own Facebook with your brand Mm. and then there's also buying your Facebook group. Yeah. It's cheap. Yeah. And all of a sudden you've got you've you're in front of all these people. Instant. There's also yeah. instant following. Yeah. So, you know, I was th- I'm just thinking about the product that you told me about off air and I just thought, you know, to myself, imagine getting a, a Facebook group or getting involved in a group that does all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Oh. And you're pulling the and you're pulling the trigger with your product and brands. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. So I think that that movement because I always think back to the the mum and dad, although I'm commercially aware of what's happening with aggregators, I always think about the, the little seller because that's who we're dealing with every day. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, that's right. That's um, you and me. And-, and, and I just think 2022 off Amazon marketing is going to be huge. Me too. I think it's going to be yeah. you know a combination of YouTube ads, Pinterest, um, you know, as you mentioned, email, if you're building out your own list, um, Instagram, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. A lot of people don't think about LinkedIn. Actually, that's a good LinkedIn one. LinkedIn ads, mm. you know, like if you think about office products or if you're in that sort of space. Yes. Where your products are very business orientated, yes. You know, filing cabinets, print tables, whatever you, whatever you're selling, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever you got, throw in your USP and your branding and a nice LinkedIn ad, and happy days. You're off to the races. Yeah, that's actually a really clever idea. Me and my brother sell um, computer keyboard stands in the UK, and we just started selling in Australia. Right. I haven't actually checked the numbers today. It's not doing that great in Australia, but that that might be a way that we can uh, drive a few more sales on that product. That's great. LinkedIn, yeah. Because yeah. it is an office product, and anyway, way off topic. Um, how have you coped with the logistics nightmare? Oh, mate, <laughs> just like everyone else, I think that um, I was speaking to a couple of big sellers, yeah. um, really big sellers, and the way they navigated through it, mm-hmm. um, like big big sellers, was they'd always send three, four, five containers. What they did, they broke up their shipments to minimise risk, so they'd get their shipments, you know, on various ships. Oh, various right. weeks. Yeah, yeah. And if someone had like, you know, there was a lot of just send it to the east coast, I mean, sorry, the west coast, but some people were actually sending stuff to the east coast and to the west coast, breaking it up across the states and minimising risk on a few shipments, not just one, having all your eggs in one basket. So that's what they were doing. Yeah, that's really clever. Let's just switch gears and talk about the Endgame Network. I know we've kind of touched on it, but uh, when, did, when did you guys start that? It was a couple of years ago now, wasn't it? It was the start of 2020, basically. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd had a lot of friends in the industry and networked my, my butt off, you know, with people around the world and yourself and I'd even reached out to you guys and all sorts of stuff early 2020. When COVID hit, mm-hmm. um, I actually did a post in, in a Facebook, my own Facebook group and said, hey, listen, while COVID's around, um, let's all get together because everything's just like the end of the world sort of stuff. And yes. And let's get together and get on some Zooms. And for the next three weeks, I'll just do some Zooms and we'll just talk Amazon with mm-hmm. some people. So I think the first one I had five people join me on a Zoom and then I had eight people, then I had 20 people, and then the next thing it was like 100 people wanted to jump on. Wow. And it was just it was just a personal Zoom. That's all it was. Yeah. Um, when they started becoming like 100 people, I reached out to Michael and said, hey, mate, I don't, I don't feel comfortable just sitting there talking on my own. Yeah. Can you jump on and just bounce off me and just ask me stuff? And he goes, oh, look, you know, I've got mates that are Facebook executives and all sort of like some big mm-hmm. contacts and stuff like that and mm-hmm. Nat Cook and all these gold medals. So I said, oh, bring them on. <laughs> so we started having guests on and it was pretty cool. And um, yeah. 
it was just too hard sending out Zoom links and all that sort of stuff from my personal stuff. It just made sense to start a group. Yeah. So we just started a group and if you have a look at the first few posts, it's just like fortnightly shows, mm-hmm. just jumping on, talking to everyone and bringing guests on. I was bringing in, I was reaching out to Brandon's, Liren, Tim, yeah. like all the Danny's and, and all that sort of stuff and just mm. sort of bringing those people, I guess, that were always over there, you know, in Australia. Yeah. Um, and bringing them into the lounge rooms of people here in Australia. That's all we started doing. That's that's That was it. Yeah. Um, We'd been involved with with other groups and stuff like that, and we always saw there was groups overseas and stuff like that where, like the Helium Ten group or mm. this group or that group or whatever group they were, like you could only sort of cover certain things and you couldn't really. It wasn't an open book, mm. you know what I mean? And and you know what it's like um, being able to talk about all different stuff and people's yeah. opinions on stuff. It was very, it was very, you know, it was you had to be in that lane of the group to to talk about things and you couldn't really ask outside what was happening and all that sort of stuff. And That's right. I know so exactly just, the group that you're talking about too, I think. Yeah. So yeah. we just basically said, look, this group here mm-hmm. is going to be open source. It's going to be whatever you want to talk about. You know, we're, we're not going to let posts in that just smash people because it's not what we're about and we understand that you know like if someone's had a bad experience with a piece of software there's millions of other people that will probably enjoy it so it had to be like verified like it was i don't know how i'm trying to explain it it was just like we weren't going to make it like an open slather Mm -hmm. um just hanging crap on people you know what i mean it wasn't going to be about that it was just going to be more intelligent conversation to help one another and and mm-hmm. if there was a service provider out there that someone had a really good experience in, share it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sort of thing. Mm. If if there was a, a bad experience with a service provider, we don't tend to let those things in until we do a further investigation because sometimes it's user error or, you know, yeah, this and yeah. that. And you think about the entrepreneurs at the other end that have, you know, slogged their guts out for three, four years and, Mm-hmm. And some person's, you know, user error has had a bad experience with a piece of software or a service provider or a photography company or whatever. Mm. It's not really fair, you know what I mean, without finding out for your the own. Other side of, other side the other side of the story. story exactly. right. yeah. So we're very fair about things. Mm. We, we, we did a fortnightly show. We tried to think about this is, this is where we're at. Well, like what do sellers need? Mm-hmm. And what aren't they getting in some of these groups? Yeah. And how can we make it more engaging for people? Like we we're all about the seller, we we're all about the people in the group and bringing maximum value. Um, we've done, you know, oh. one-minute workshops. We've done, you yeah. know, pit stops. We've done interviews with everyone around the world. We've done, you know, um, we've done um, – five in fives where we'd just put up a post and the first five people into a Zoom, we'd have a mastermind meeting with them and help them. Mm. Like we, we just tried to recreate the Amazon Facebook space with helping people with like different quirky ways of doing things. And yeah, as you know, like just it grew and grew and grew. And yeah, um, it's like 3,300 and something people in there now. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's not really like, look, there's obviously groups with tens of thousands of people, but I think it's a really engaging group. Like it's it's there's a everyone yeah. that's in there is is, is engaged and, and and you know wanting to help each on. other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's basically it. And then obviously off the back of that, 
a lot of people reached out to us and said, hey, is, is there anything that you do as far as coaching or this and that? Mm-hmm. And the first year we did a very small intimate group of about 20, 25 people of just coaching. Yep. Um, and Michael and I were probably full-time employees in those business mm-hmm. in those businesses. Yeah. And we just weren't able to, to help more people. We're getting messages all the time and it was just too hard. We are focused in on those 25 people and in their businesses for that whole 12 months. Yeah. And then it just got a bit hard for that one-on-one sort of stuff and what we're doing. And Michael's got other stuff going and I've had other stuff going yeah. and it's just a bit too hard. So we, we created a mastermind group um, mm-hmm. so we could reach more people, you know, just a small fee to come in. We do weekly workshops with them every Wednesday or Tuesday. We've got Michael and myself on doing app in, in the weeds Amazon workshops Yep. And then we bring in our mentors as well, like Stephen Black, Jeff Schick from Seller Basics. He mm. talks legals and suspensions. We've got PPC with Heath Thompson. We've got Natalie, Natalie Cook yeah. the, and then Genevieve with the Genevieve, mindset yeah. stuff. So every week mm. we're doing that. We've got a Discord group where, you know, it's interactive in channels, you know, shipping, this, sourcing, mm-hmm. everything. Facebook can be a bit hard to navigate yes. where to find things. Mm-hmm. So we created a Discord group and... Yeah, the rest is sort of history. We we we're putting on an event in March, as you alluded to earlier. Yes. Um, and we've sold 190 tickets to the March event in Sydney. So we're all getting together for three days in Sydney with 190 of us. It's really really good. <laughs> That's so cool. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it all goes ahead, fingers crossed. But it yeah. will. It's going to go it, ahead. It will. It will, mate. Just, yeah. Regardless, um, there ain't going to be no more lockdowns. I suspect. So I think might be a few Let's more restrictions. So. But that's about it. Yeah, mate. So, look, honestly, uh, for anybody that's listening, um, please join the Endgame Network. It's an absolute cracker of a Facebook group, probably the most supportive and content-rich groups going around. There's lots of, um, you know, videos and and, uh, some of your previous Know, webinars and presentations and interviews, all that stuff. It's all there um, and a really great community of people that um, are out to help each other. So you've done a great job well, curating that community. Well, if I can say something, Chris, like it's not our community, it's just the community because there's a lot of people that are in yeah. your group and, and you know, you're in there and well, I'm in your group and I've helped people in your group. We yeah. just want to help people. So that's it. Yeah, we don't too. look at it as our community. We, we know that there's a lot of the folks that are in your group that are in our group. We just, it's just yeah. another group. It's just that's another group. Yeah, <laughs> he's very. And modest. I'd like to set you off air. I'd love to do some stuff together this year, and let's have some fun, and, you know, um, and just help more people and meet each other and, and all that sort of stuff. So if that can happen, it'd be awesome. Oh, I'd love to come on and talk about all the things I've learnt uh, as a an account manager, I suppose, helping <laughs> as, you know consumer brands sell on Amazon. It's a, it's amazing the, the breadth yeah. and variety of stuff, yeah, that that people come up against that I'm coming up against trying to solve these problems. But anyway, yeah. Um, Let's also quickly touch on Ship Savvy, which we've already spoken about. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, talk, talk to us about that. What was the reason for that? It sounds like you were building that before you even became an Amazon seller. Would that be fair? Or No, something- I was an Amazon seller. I just okay. hadn't um, left my day job in the logistics company right? and, and, and our business here that we had with, with um, all that. But mm-hmm. basically, in a nutshell, what I saw when I became an Amazon seller, I was carting containers, pallets, mm-hmm you name it, as a truck driver, um, logistics, working in the ports, um, booking pickups for ports and containers and delivering and and quarantining products and all that Mm. supply chain stuff, I was involved in heavy before Amazon. That was my career. Mm. So then all of a sudden you go into an Amazon space and my strong point was freight and shipping and all Mm. that sort of stuff. Mm. And 
The thing is when you're shipping freight, there's not really many thresholds other than how much weight you can put into a container. I can put a two-ton bag of sand into a container and have 10, 10 bags of sand and send it off its way. Um, someone would receive that. If you're an eBay seller, mm-hmm. um, you could put refrigerators or small bar fridges into a mm. into a container and off they go. But when when we started selling on Amazon, something came into play that doesn't happen as a normal logistics business, and that mm-hmm. was thresholds. So all of a sudden now you've got carton size restrictions, mm-hmm. weight and mm-hmm. size, mm-hmm. pallet size restrictions with size, height, and weight, mm-hmm. and that just threw a whole new spanner in the works mm-hmm. because what I was seeing with our products was – suppliers in China saying, we put 12 coffee mugs in a MasterCard. Okay. And everyone going, okay. And then I'd get that carton. I went to China five times, I think, in 2019 before COVID. I was in China mm-hmm. five times. Wow. Every time we loaded containers, our products are quite fragile. Yep. Every time we loaded containers, I'd fly over there and just oversee the process and that make sure it was all sweet. It was a cheap ticket and just went there for three, four days and mm-hmm. bang, I was out of there. And I'm sitting there going, hang on a minute. Okay, that's the carton that you want to give us. But when I put that on a pallet at 3PL, yeah. I can't I can't put two across because it's yeah. going to go over the pallet. If I turn it that way, well, then I can't get the height. And I'd sit there with a, a measuring tape and a pallet in the manufacturer's warehouse and I'd just say, leave me for a couple of hours yeah. with the product because I need to work out how many I'm going to put in the box. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be that way, that way, that way, like whatever way? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to work out how many I can get for the weight. And then I'm going to work out how many I can put on a pallet. Do I need to take one out, put another one in? Do I need to turn them that way? Yeah. What do those master cartons look like when I get close to the 72 inches? Because we're storing, you know, three containers worth of stuff on pallets. It's big storage fees, right? Yeah. And it was doing my head in. I said to my my wife, Beck, I said, listen, there's got to be some technology Mm -hmm. that I can just plug in my product and it just goes blur, right? But there was nothing and everywhere we looked. So um, me and a business partner and, and my wife, um, we we started Ship Savvy and it was yeah. all around in the beginning optimising master cartons and palletization for Amazon Yes, and then also making it really easy as far as the PO, POs are concerned when you're mm-hmm. making orders, having all that information stored mm-hmm. in the back end. So I could just input how many cartons or pallets I wanted and it would spit me out. Purchase all my cubic meters, all my units, yeah. my my price, and just make ordering easier. Yes. And I could see cubic meters and I could see what it would look like in different containers as far as volumes. So Ship Savvy was born around that that ideology. And basically, so to give you a rundown on what the product, uh, the, the software does, mm. whatever products you're selling, I guarantee you through the year of testing that we've done with, I don't know how many sellers and mm. we've been testing this thing for maybe over a year. Mm. Every product that people sell on Amazon, mm-hmm. we've always seen the one percenters and holes with how their supply chain looks and they're throwing money down the drain like you wouldn't believe. Yep. Not getting as many on pallets in storage, maybe too many master cartons on a pallet and paying too much in receiving, prep fees, labeling fees, SPD. Yep. Like all of that whole stuff yes. is all solved with our software once you enter in your product size, mm-hmm. it will cre- it doesn't show you 
how to stack it. It creates it for you. Mm. That was the hardest thing that we had to build. So once we've got that product, it could be a coffee cup in a square box, for example. Yeah. It creates hundreds and hundreds of master carton, different mm. combinations, sizes. It just becomes Tetris in the back end. Yeah. But this happens in 10 seconds. And it will show you the top seven results for you to make a decision which way you want to go with your business with it. Yeah, yeah. So, in terms of yeah, how you're going to organize yeah. your pallet. Yeah. Do you want that master carton with 32 units in it or do you want that master carton with 28 units in it? Yeah. Like, this is what it looks like on a pallet. Yeah. So do you want less cartons on a pallet or do you want more units on a pallet? Are you doing more LTL shipments? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, are you doing, you know, are you doing SPD from your freight uh, from your three PLs? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want more units in a carton? Because you'd be surprised with the testing we've done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people just automatically go get as many as you can in the carton. Yeah, I've I've got examples of the same amount of product in a carton. So let's mm-hmm. call it thirty coffee mm-hmm. cups in a carton. Mm-hmm. Just because of the way they're turned inside the master carton, that morphs into a different size carton. <laughs> Now, 30 in a carton with 800 on a pallet mm-hmm. or 30 in a carton with 650 in a pallet just by how the coffee cup is turned in the carton. That's crazy. So that's going to... And until like, you yeah. do that testing and see for your own eyes that the same amount of product in the same box but the master carton's actually taken a different shape mm. and allows for a better fit because the algorithm is working out the best fit, the best carton, the best combinations... Yeah. All in 10 seconds and it just spits it out for you. I know. I saw it. I've seen it with my own eyes. It's absolutely unbelievable. Then you and can that's... save those. You can save them to your brands. You can create your brands. You can have all the products in your brands with all the optimized sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, each brand, you can save your product and see a product specification page. So you can go to that product for that brand at any time Yes. and have a look at all that data. It's saved for the life of the product. Yeah. And then creating orders, it's just a matter of selecting which products that you want to send in your brand and Mm. Fills a, a an order form and just create an order. Happy days. It's pretty cool. So it is, um, yeah. I, I know it's um it's an unsexy topic. You know what I mean? Shipping and stuff like that. But I reckon that middle third of your business, that mm. supply chain, is where again I, I hate saying it, but the mum and dad seller mm-hmm. just don't get excited about and just go off the recommendations of their suppliers. And I think that's, right. that's where the biggest amount of money bleeding is happening in businesses. Mm. You know, you can always. Everyone focus in, and it's every every aspect is important. But everyone's focusing on the PPC ad spend. And mm. How can I drop that, and you know, um, you know, optimize that, and those mm. bids, and that bid, and bid management, and all that sort of stuff. But they just threw two grand away on shipping. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, they because it's, it's yeah. the, the education and and the knowledge around supply chain isn't what's taught or or no. heard about. Um, so that's where I'm passionate about, and I I can hear it. it time and time again with people's businesses once they go through ship savvy. So, I, I look, I, I know it will help a lot of people mm-hmm. and um, I think any product being sold on Amazon, it's you got to do yourself the service of putting it through the program just to have a look at what you could be doing. Yeah, that's right. And then on the validation stage, sorry, last point, validation no, stage, everyone that's talking about ship savvy is like, I wish I had known this three years ago when I launched my product because I don't even want to know about how much how money much? I waste in storage. <laughs> but people who are doing product research, they've got the opportunity to get it right from the start. Yeah, they have. Mm. So that's exciting for me knowing that, hey, when you launch that product, you're optimized. You don't even have to worry about your supply chain like 
You don't even have to get technical with freight forwarders mm. or three PLs. It's done for you. Talk to your supplier yep. instead of putting twelve in a carton, put fourteen in a carton. It's only two more, but hey, you get one hundred and fifty more in a pallet with that size master cart. That sort of people yep. just don't get that yet. That's right, and one hundred and fifty yeah. units on a pallet is going to save you so much money. Um, oh. Yeah, that's that's absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it's a great bit of oh, software. Yeah, it's pretty right? exciting, mate. Um, it's pretty cool. We'll see where it goes. If you're interested in uh, Ship Savvy, then just head over to Ship Savvy. So that's S H I P S A V Y. So it's not a double V; it's one V. dot com. I yeah. think that's right, isn't it? That's it. ShipSavvy.com. Yeah. So head over to Ship Savvy and um, yeah, sign up. It's not, and it's really inexpensive. I can't believe that you're basically giving it away. What are you doing? Well, we just wanted to make it affordable for everybody, mate. Um, awesome. And you know what? When it comes to shipping and product research, not everyone's doing that sort of stuff every day. You know what I mean? If you're in mm. product research phase and you're in sample phase, I would say you'd be using it flat out, testing yep. different ideas. Yep. I think that if you've got an established business at the moment with 10, 15, 20 SKUs or whatever you're doing, mm. I, I think it'd be an injustice if you didn't put your products through there to at least optimise your shipping, especially 2022 with what that is going to be shaping up like. Yeah, that's right. Shipping. And, um, you know, we don't do orders every day. We do orders, you know, three, four, five times a year, mm. depending mm. on how many products you've got. Yeah, that's true. So we just wanted to make it affordable for everybody. It's under 15 bucks a month US for... Um, the, the beginner package. Yeah. But I do have a coupon which I'll flick you a message, mate, for anyone who's oh. listening for you guys to get 10% off. Um, you can put that in show notes or whatever. I'll do that. And, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, I'll, I'll send you some details. And um, anyone who wants to check it out, if you uh, purchase a pro yearly subscription, I'll we'll throw another 10, 10% off. I think between the monthly and, mm -hmm. And the yearly subscription is already 40% difference if you pay up front for a year. So, so get another 10% off. 10% off and half price. Yeah, that's a bargain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this episode, by the way, folks, is episode 121. So if you head over to the AustralianSeller.com forward slash 121, the show notes will be there. The coupon code will be there. The link to Ship yeah, Savvy will be there. The link to the Endgame Network, all that stuff. Yeah, cool, um, mate. Mate, let's wrap this. Um, yeah, thank, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. How do folks get in touch with you? Oh, mate, look, just reach out through the Endgame Network. I guess that's the best way to find us. We're always living in that group and helping people. So you are, yeah. if, you're not a, if you're not a member of the Endgame Network, jump in and, um, yeah, we'll let you in the group and you can enjoy all the things that we do there. Yeah. Obviously, shipsavvy.com. Um, if you want to reach out to me for Ship Savvy stuff, it's jamie at shipsavvy.com. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram, Facebook, how it doesn't matter. People can reach me however they want to reach me. It's, it's great. I'm always, I'm always reaching, reaching out and helping people, so it's all good. Good, mate. What's your phone number? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right. right. I'll be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Um, awesome. Uh, awesome, mate. Yeah, great to catch up with you again, Jamie. And, um, yeah, uh, really. Glad to get you on the podcast, mate, the Dig to Win. <laughs> For sure, Dig to Win as well. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have a link to that mate, as well. Make sure you subscribe to that too. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we can we can talk shop on Dig to Win someday. That'll be fun. Um, yeah, I'd love to, mate. Thanks, awesome. again. I really appreciate your time, man. And thanks, Chris. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon. See you, buddy. All links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com, and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening. 